Welcome listeners to the second episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhards and just as last week I am joined by the powerful wizards Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. To new listeners we say welcome and if you listened last week we say welcome back. In this week's episode we will talk, tell tales of Sweden. We will talk about our sideways turning of cardboard in the past week delve into a deeper discussion on the Stockholm meta and reflect on what the Swedish Discord scene currently feels like. Again, warm welcome. Uh, first things first, Robin, uh, welcome back to the podcast. What have you played in Legacy this week? Thank you, Victor. Uh, I've been playing quite a lot of Legacy, actually. Uh, I played against a friend who wanted some testing on Tuesday, and then there was the weekly Wednesday legacy and uh, during the weekend I was over at the friend's house and played some legacy as well so been playing quite a lot of legacy and uh, after last week's uh, second place with shark steel uh, I felt like playing something else so I've been playing a little bit of Delver and I slid up the the new hotness the blue and red Delver with impressive iteration so um it it's it's been feeling really good um i've been playing i'm not really sure what the stock list looks like but i've been playing uh 19 lands 15 threats of which was four delver two pyromancers two sprite dragons two giants two true names and three whales so it's a little bit uh, on the heavy side of value and drawing cards uh, and then there's the eight cantrips plus the three iterations and 10 counter spells and 5 bots. So I think it's pretty normalist, but it's been uh, it's been feeling really strong. Uh, I like that the like the that the threats are very diverse and hard to deal with and uh, many of them are flying over the opponents or or is unblockable. So that's really nice and even if you run out of gas in the early game, you can like draw a whale or draw an impressive iteration to to get back into the game, so I, I like that, uh, and uh, it feels like this kind of uh, um, what do you say? This kind of level on where you want to have the delver in the meta, if it's really low to the ground or if it's a little bit more mid rangey, I feel like this is uh, in in a sweet spot. So that's what I've been doing. So I mean, uh, I've I've played against this tech uh, a little bit. Uh, I've had some sort of I would say had success against it, but the sample is too small to claim any kind of sort of oh my deck beats Delver. Uh, but I can really I can really feel the uh, the sense that you describe on. It's like a machine throwing out these constant threats. Then you have to answer really sing every single one of them. You have to you have to answer because otherwise you're just going to get steamrolled. Uh, I mean, this deck is so efficient at what it does. Uh, have you played against it, Christopher? Yeah, I actually, um, you also played against me uh, on Monday, um, one true. week ago, and you beat me up pretty bad. Uh, I remember just trying to outvalue you and getting severely outvalued myself. And then I, I played my, uh, my broody... Uh, bug witch deck which is uh, has a lot of value in it and when the iteration <laughs> resolves it feels terrible when you're playing against a deck with so much gas like this deck because you know those cards are gonna find something 
and those cards are going to find more cards that are going to kill you. So it, I, I really enjoy playing against the deck. Um, it's not as much in your face as the normal blue-red blue Delver, but for a deck like, uh, like mine uh, that has uh, a lot of low-to-the-ground answers and uh, want to keep like I want to run him out of resources I think it was really tough to do that successfully so uh, yeah it was uh, it's I I really like the deck it's very hard to play against so how did you do Robin did you uh, win your matches yeah I think the only match that I lost was against the Christopher uh, otherwise I have been really tearing it up with with the blue red Delver deck and a uh, <clears throat> lot of instances where where your opponent has uh, like three decays in hand when the game is over and you have a whale and trudium in play. Uh, so I feel like the, the, the threats are, are so diverse and really hard to answer uh, in a good way. So yeah, it feels really strong. And uh, I've been hearing the talk of the town that it might be like the, the, the best deck out there right now. I'm not sure if my, my iteration is the best deck, but... Uh, some iteration of Blue Red Elver seems really strong. To clarify, he beat me up on Monday, but I got my revenge, my sweet, sweet revenge on Wednesday during the uh, weekly. So, uh, yeah. yeah, justice. So, Christopher, you have had your opportunities to, to play your Bug Witch Brew against uh, both scary Blue-Red Delvers, but other things uh, as well, I sense. How did you do this week? So, uh, I managed to squeeze a game against Robin this Monday. Um, but between Monday and Wednesday, when we have our weekly Discord uh, tournament, I managed to update the list a bit. And uh, the new list feels a bit better. Uh, I'm playing uh, four brainstorm, four ponder, four harvest, four days, four force, uh, four growth spiral, two fluster, two archmage charm, two decay, two push, one unearth, one whisper. Uh, that's knight's whisper. Four sedgemore witch. So I'm playing the full playset now because that's really what I want to be doing. Um, free snap cast a mage and one uro. So I went into the Wednesday uh, feeling a bit, uh, uh, what can you say? Like, have I done enough changes? Do I just need to make have more reps before I make big changes? So I, I just kind of wanted to see uh, what happened if I squeezed more witches into the deck. And I think that's kind of where I want to be. Um, I went uh, three and one on the Wednesday tournament and I got severely beaten up by Moonstompy the first round. Um, <laughs> I've written in the show notes, mountains, mountains everywhere, because uh, all of the games that I lost was uh, a Blood Moon or Magus Resolved. And I have, uh, well, my, my mana base is pretty greedy. I'm playing two basic islands, 
So when it hits play, Brace and Borrower from the sideboard is the only way that I can temporarily solve the problem. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's a problem. I put myself in a tough spot uh, with the mana. But I also played against John Nickfit that had a land sub theme. He played Primeval Titans, Titania, uh, Field of the Dead, and many sweet cards. And he's playing Dryad and es- Excavators. So it's a it was a it was a really sweet deck. And I think he drew a bit of lands <laughs> shocker with the land sub theme. But even for uh, a land heavy deck he drew a lot of lands against me and uh, the witch is really good at just snowballing a game which I mm. uh, got to do um, but then I played two two best of threes uh, against Robin first on his uh, blue red delver uh, where we played an absolute like the the funniest uh, game all evening and uh, then I also played against Robin on uh, his shark steel deck, which was also like down to the wire, very close. Um, so yeah, that that was pretty much my my um, week of legacy. It was very <laughs> a lot of very intense games against Robin, especially uh, that Wednesday night. So so for people who who wants to know how to beat this blue red Delver uh, machine menace, uh, you had two wins, and uh, how did you manage to do that? Well, it's it's pretty hard to uh, pinpoint the exact thing that made uh, uh, made it go around because he has a lot of value, and uh, the way I kind of faced tried to beat that was with my own value of um, playing my Mystic Sanctuary, trying to dace it up to my hand as much as possible, trying to put cards like Unearth on top of my library again so I can get my witch back that because the the witch <laughs> almost always get countered or uh, dies uh, from a bolt or something so i tried to really what's the what's the, what's a good phrase for it uh, make him have it and uh, mm. even even if he didn't have it his deck was really good at just finding new threats or finding answers and generally have a better clock so i'm i'm not sure if i would say that this strategy that i had is like definitely good against this deck but it worked out this time i think that one uh, one aspect of your deck is is the daisus uh, which turns it a little bit to into a sevdo mirror where you are uh, a little bit uh, more value oriented and and have a little like more sustainability in your in your deck, but you are still a low to the ground days deck, and I feel like that is really important at uh, at, at turning like a, a control versus delver ma- matchup into a, more of a, a slugfest between two days decks. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, that's one aspect of the deck that makes it good against delver. And then for the listeners, it, it maybe you should know that that uh, Christopher is definitely my kryptonite. I I, I usually lose to Christopher, so. <laughs> You, you Except Monday. <laughs> Except on Monday. I mean, it, it happens that I win, but uh, I, I'm only losing in, the, in our duels mostly. This makes two of us. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I get too much spare time. What can I say? I uh, think about legacy a lot.
Well, for myself, I wasn't playing anything this week because I just finished uh, building a, a new uh, a new house at the country cottage uh, and I've been uh, busy with that and will probably be busy this week as well, but then I'll be back in this, I promise. Uh, we need to figure out new ways to beat Blue Red Delver, I think. Just considering the, the spoilers coming out of Modern Horizon 2, which we will not discuss today, but it looks like Blue Red Delver is getting more tools uh, because that was clearly something they liked um, so we'll see about that well um i was thinking since this is the stockholm legacy report we should introduce our listeners to the legacy meta in this town in the before times before covid i mean we would meet up, meet up for weekly uh, sort of fnm style rounds uh, of legacy uh, four rounds uh, tuesdays or wednesdays or whatever uh, and sometimes we'll have the occasional saturday or sunday tournament uh, with a bit higher price support and such um, our weekly play would typically bring about 20 to 35 people and tournaments, slightly higher numbers than that, which I think in the four times terms uh, was pretty good, uh, pretty solid uh, showing. Um, and in there we had uh, some high skilled people at that. But uh, Christopher, uh, being the brewer here and the person who usually wins over us, uh, can you tell us a bit what decks were we playing in the before times in Stockholm? Yeah, so the year is 2019. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> there's there's actually a lot of uh, things to unpack and uh, especially love for a brewer or a competitive player when looking at the metagame in Sweden. But focusing on Stockholm, I'd say that the meta is quite hard to define. So I'm going to give you a really good non-answer non on what text that we're playing, sort of. <laughs> if I'd call anything... Uh, the the meta in Stockholm, I'd say from mid range with <laughs> from mid range hell with love, uh, due to the amount of spice that seeps into the finest and most tuned legacy decks. Uh, whenever there's spoiler season, there's a really playful mentality. Uh, people uh, really uh, want to push certain cards that seem really good, uh, rather than have a very naysaying attitude towards uh, people's ideas. So people, uh, when they hear uh, someone with a deck suggestion or this would be a really good fit, uh, it's more of a yes and I think this would be a good uh, uh, thing to do with the deck as well, rather than just saying, nah, it's unplayable. Because if, if our metagame has showed something, it's that it's uh, very, it's very possible to squeeze uh, unexpected cards into Legacy and make them work uh, really well. So with this said, it's not exactly like Stockholm is a kitchen table-esque brewer's den that suffers from a lack of competitive decks. The community consists of very good magic players. Uh, we have uh, some magic card market winners and established magic online deck specialists to veteran, uh, to veteran the scene but also people with a lot of uh, experience uh, that's played the game since uh, it came out almost, to people who just want to hang out and have a really good time. So I think overall, uh, I can't really define what decks we're playing because we had such a rich variety. But if I had to define something, it would be mid-range brainstorm decks. So what do you two think about the Stockholm meta? Um, Perhaps we could start with you, Robin. Yeah, I agree with that description on the Stockholm meta. I mean, 
uh, for me as a as a, a player who likes to play Delver when Delver is not a top dog, I've been really enjoying playing Delver in this meta because then you can um, try to squeeze under the other decks. Uh, you, you would usually see a lot of, I mean, uh, 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 an unproportionally big amount of, uh, say, Stoneblade, Maverick, that kind of decks. Um, and uh, may maybe not so much combo. And I've been enjoying playing Delver in that meta. Uh, or sleeving up a, a hard control deck is, has been really fun as well. I mean, the vibe I have is that people bring uh, bring their bring their stuff. They bring their shit, um, and that might be sort of spiky, um, stock list type of decks, and it might be sort of interesting brews, or it might be decks that sort of come a bit from the side, decks like Aluren. But whatever decks that people bring, they bring them sort of. They take them seriously. Like this is this this might be a brew, but I'm serious about this brew. I'm not here to sort of just uh, I'm gonna sleeve up this this clown deck just to meme it. Uh, we don't have that. We have people coming with interesting things and things that might not be really good, but they take it seriously. Like someone who comes with you know weird combinations. Like here's my band allure and let's try to see how that works out. Uh, type of things. Uh, myself uh, in that meta, I enjoy. I mean, both right now as I'm trying to make uh, a Yorion Nickfit deck work. Um, I mean, that, that I guess that falls into that category. <laughs> <laughs> but also, other times I've just been uh, we, we were discussing in this in this um, uh, mid range brainstorm hell that we are in. It's it's a little bit of a rock paper scissors uh, kind of thing, uh, and I try to sort of okay, I'm just gonna bring uh, paper. <laughs> and paper to me is is showing up with uh, the latest tuned reanimator list uh, and just crushing things <laughs> because it's just it's 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 a deck that just really preys on that. But if I bring the same deck to a tournament, say we have a Saturday tournament or Sunday tournament with higher stakes, uh, that will not work because people might bring their decks, but they may also will also bring tuned sideboards because they know that they will face this spiky uh spiky tuned lists uh, and that's what I, perhaps what i mean with people taking this seriously is that you not only build an interesting fun 60 card you build an interesting fun 75 card deck uh, and consider things um, and i guess that sort of alludes to you uh, describing the high the high count of really good players that we have uh, and for me, who is sort of not that good of a player, uh, but enjoys the game, uh, playing against these good players uh, is also for me very rewarding. I would say. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think you touched upon a lot of interesting things there as well, because uh, uh, during the uh, just normal weekly uh, play that we have, we usually had at Wednesdays, people showed up with uh, whatever they uh, were in the mood for. Um, you could see a lot of people who are uh, in the meta game established as extremely good uh, control players show up with some sort of yankier brew. But like Victor said, when it's a when it's a tournament, uh, like a weekend tournament with prizes, you really saw people go um, well, not not spiky, but definitely 
definitely more in it to win it. Uh, analyze the meta more, analyze their deck, their sideboard, had a plan. How do I sideboard against this and that? And in a meta game where we have usually 20 to 40 people showing up uh, weekly, people have a really good mapping of what preferences these players have, uh, how they think, and it turns into uh, if if you have had the uh, rock paper scissors analogy of like the the three decks beating up on each other, uh, it it suddenly turns into this Rubik's cube where people are just trying to you know uh, oh, how can I get all of the red ones uh, <laughs> the red squares on this side? How do I beat up on the reanimator player uh, if I have a really strong sideboard against deck A and B? Uh, then maybe my de main deck can beat up on the paper uh, in the <laughs> rock, paper, scissors part. But overall, I think the, the mentality in Stockholm is very healthy. It's a lot of people who just love the format and uh, it's, it's quite non-spiky. Um, people generally love to either cast Brainstorm or really beat up on the people that do. Um, from my experience, uh, it's it's very welcoming. I've been in this community for around 10 years now, and from the first uh, tournament that I ever played in uh, to now, I just feel like the scene is always there to take care of you, want to discuss decks, borrow cards, uh, lend you cards, and it's just a very healthy place to play Magic. Uh, yeah, uh, what do you guys think about the, the community at large when it comes to the, the people playing? Um, do you miss it? Oh, I miss it so much. I miss it so much. And just what you were saying, preparing for, 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 for a larger tournament by trying to establish the metagame of, of 25, 30 people that you know. Like, that's so much more fun than tr trying to sort of, oh, this deck needs a sideboard for a meta where Delver is strong, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not going to a GP. I'm going to uh, a local Stockholm tournament and I'm trying to adapt my deck to those actual players that I love to meet up and play with. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, so much, <laughs> so so good to have that back, uh, hopefully, uh at least before this year is over. Yeah, and uh, just to round round up my uh, Stockholm metagame shoutout uh, thing, I like like Victor said earlier, uh, people really uh, invest in their deck of choice, um, and this leads to a lot of intense games. People are really efficient with their decks. Uh, if there's a Hogak player, that player knows all of the interactions with the deck and just makes you earn that win. And regardless if you're playing against that Alluren player or a Death and Taxes specialist, you really have to think about uh, what you're playing and why you're doing certain decisions. So yeah, I really can't wait to meet and play against these people post-lockdown. Uh, not only do I miss the camaraderie of the community, but it's also really exciting to talk about uh, new cards and deck innovations and interesting board states, etc., that one encounters really frequently at our locals. So, yeah, I will see, I hope to see you all soon if you're listening. Stockholm.
Well, now as we all know, the before times did really happen before. Currently, Discord is the place for Paper Legacy, and Robin, you have been consistently uh, playing Discord Legacy with people from all over Sweden, actually. Can you tell us a bit about what that meta is like? Yeah, when uh, when uh, COVID hit and uh, and the Paper Legacy became almost impossible to play, uh, there was a couple of guys uh, who started up a, a national uh, Legacy Discord scene. Uh, which has been gaining some traction during the year and uh, now there's uh, quite a healthy crowd playing uh, a league each month uh, ending with the top 16 finals uh, and that's been really nice to be a part of that uh, community and very cool to meet players from other cities and other parts of Sweden as well and I think there's been some some uh, some people from abroad as well joining the scene. So that's been real cool. Uh, so I've been uh, looking at the meta from the last four seasons, so February, March, April and May league. And I scraped together 60 decks from the top 16s here. So it's it's not in the, all of the top 16s, uh, but the sample size. Uh, and uh, to my surprise, it was really combo heavy. Uh, Almost one third of the decks uh, was combo of some sort. Uh, the most commonly played combo deck was elves, and I think that two guys playing elves and always going to top sixteen. Uh, I mean, really doing doing really well with the elves. And then there's been a, quite a lot of painter players as well. So seven percent of the meta has been painter, and uh, other combo decks that been in the top sixteen has been effect turbo depths and uh, add-ons and tendrils. And then there's been quite a few, what do you call it, combo control or, or twin decks. Uh, like decks that have a combo, but also have a control plan, uh, such as the Luran and Good Chain. And the mostly commonly played twin deck that I saw was the Daybreacher variants, uh, usually a stone blade with a small uh, Days Undoing and Hull Breacher package to just finish the game in one strike. That's been really cool to see. Uh, out of the meta, there's only been 7% of control decks, I mean hard control decks, uh, and uh, the majority of them were the standstill decks, of which I've been playing standstill. And uh, there, I know that other players have been doing standstill as well. Then we had 10% mid-range decks, and most of them were blades decks. Uh, I, I guess in, in, in paper metas, Stoneblade is always a, 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 an archetype that people like to play, some variation. Uh, whereas I think online it's almost uh, non-existent. And then uh, there was 12% Delver, most commonly the blue and red variant, but also Grixis and Rod has been present. 12% Vile decks, most of them were D&T. And 7% Chalice decks which of most of her Ursa decks. Uh, I think one Ursa deck won one of the leagues as well. Uh, so so that's uh, quite a, a diverse and healthy meta, but what stood out to me is that there was so many so many combo decks uh, and different kind of combo decks which like you have to fight on different axes like Elves, Painter and A&T are quite different decks uh, to try to to try to fight. 
So when I've been mapping my sideboard, uh, I've actually seen that uh, the about half of the meta has been blue. So the red blasts are not bad. But uh, when looking at uh, like haymakers in the sideboard, uh, I saw that sweepers or plague engineers um, was a really important uh, part of a, a winning strategy. You have elves and you have uh, true names out of both the blade decks and the, and the delver decks. And then you have the death and taxes and humans or other tribal decks. Uh, and then there's the pyromancers and witches, uh, which also pro, uh, which also can be fought with engineers. So plague engineers felt like a real good sideboard card when looking at that meta. And then there's a lot of artifacts and enchantments. So disenchant feels like a really strong card if you play against Stoneblade or you play against the Chalice deck or you play against a, a green deck that might choke you out. It, it's really nice to have a disenchant or something similar in the in the sideboard. Interesting that true nemesis um, had a reflection on that. Uh, if you sort of back up, what is that? Five six months ago, everyone was just like, "Oh, true nemesis, uh, such a such a good card." Previously, we wanted to ban it. Now it's unplayable. Blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden, Blue Red Delver gets like two new cards, and then two Nemesis is suddenly on top again. Um, I guess that's a lesson learned that keep your hyperbole on a low level when discussing the legacy metagame because it just might change. Yeah, especially especially when looking at uh, the the true name. Uh, when I think uh, true name, well, when I thought true name was most unplayable. Uh, I used to play a deck that played free Oko, and a true name on its own can't raise one Oko, and that was a big problem for all of the decks that wanted to go. Uh, like, if you're a Delver deck, you had to answer the Oko. Uh, do you really want to play this this free drop that can't really hang with it? So I I really like uh, to see Oko go. Although I played <laughs> Oko. Most of uh, most of the time in most of my decks, um, because I tend to play those kind of deck. But now when Oko is gone, I'm a lot more afraid of true names. When I see one resolve, and uh, I know that I don't have an answer for it main deck, I immediately need to switch gears, which is not what I want to do when I'm playing against a Delver deck or something like that. So it's really I really like to see true name back in the meta. So Robin, you talked about uh, packing your Plague Engineers, and I think uh, that's a sentiment that a lot of people share, uh, not only in the Discord meta, but also online. It's a really uh, played creature. I'm not, not really sure about how, how played it is now, but it's definitely a very strong creatures, uh, creature. I'm one of those guys to pack 3 to 4 in my <laughs> black sideboards. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan of the engineer, but uh, like if if they would ban plague engineer, what do you think that they would look at instead? Uh, if you want to combat things like elves, that's gotten a really good tool with the shepherd, or uh, if you want to combat death and taxes with a black deck, what would you look at? I just think pyroclasm, uh, having played. A lot of death and taxes uh, in my days. Uh, this is how this is how it ends. I'm thinking like, should I try to 
dig deep into my binder to find my holy lights for my DT sideboard, but I think three mana uh, in a blue red delver days metagame probably is not gonna cut it. So if they could if, if Modern Horizons 2 could give me a two mana holy light, uh, I would be uh, that'll solve my problems. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to play replace Plague Engineer because it's such an efficient card, but like before Plague Engineer was printed, I, I actually used to play if I had a, a black deck, yeah, I used to play the engineered plague, <laughs> the original card. Uh, maybe not as a four of but as a one of or something like that. So I think that elves is really hard to beat uh now with the shepherd in it. You can't really rely on your counter spells, uh and you can't be sure to to have a removal and a counter for the natural order. So uh, Plague Engineer is, is, is quite important to beat elves, uh, and especially in our National Discord meta, because there's two really strong elves players who've been top 16 in uh, every, every league. So I would definitely pack something uh, similar, and I think maybe one or two of them should be uh, Engineered Plague. Then you can look at uh, like old tech from uh, I know Grixis Delver used to play um, Marsh Casualties. Uh, you can play um, you could play uh, Toxic Deluge, uh, or if you play Snowlands, uh, you could play um, the Snow Sweeper, uh, and like in in red, of course, Pyroclasmen and similar effects is really strong. Make Bonfire the Damned at instant. Uh, no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, listener, now you know what to expect when sleeving up the best magic format with Stockholmians and Swedes. And with that, we have arrived at the end of this edition of Stockholm Legacy Report. We do hope that you have enjoyed this time together with us. And if you had a good time, uh, a great way to thank us for that good time is to tell a friend uh, about this podcast uh, if you think that they would enjoy listening to it. Uh, thank you very much, Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. My name is Victor Bernhardt. Until next time, keep washing your hands. <laughs>